Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Throughout August, we've been sharing free episodes from our Patreon-exclusive shows to give you a glimpse of what we offer on patreon.com slash kindoffunny during our August Patreon pledge drive. To sweeten the deal, we've just released the first episode to everybody of 20 Minutes of Tears, an eight-episode Let's Play series with Greg Miller and Brian Altano diving into Tears of the Kingdom. If you enjoy it, all eight episodes are out right now on patreon.com slash kindoffunny for all members at the $10 tier or above. Thank you for supporting the wild adventure that is kind of funny. If you haven't joined in yet, kindly consider doing so before the month concludes. Thank you all so much. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. This episode, we are reviewing Starfield, one of the biggest Xbox and Bethesda releases of all time. Of course, I am your host, Tim Geddes, and joining me today is the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. To infinity and beyond, Tim. To infinity and beyond. beyond. Of course, joining us as well is the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Murph! Running out the side of the desk over there, we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Don't leave me, Murph. <laughs> and our lead reviewer on Starfield today, welcome to the spare bedroom, Paris Lilly. Thank you so much for having me. Finally, I'm in studio on Gamescast, and the Star League needs my help to save the universe. I love there it, I man. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy that you are, in fact, our lead reviewer on Starfield. We're going to be talking all about the game, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, every single thing in between, because this, of course, is the Kind of Funny Games cast, where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can watch it on YouTube.com slash Games or RoosterTeeth.com, but if you want to listen to it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast, and we will be right there for you but if you want to go above and beyond patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to be uh you can get the show ad free you can watch episodes live as they're recorded a whole bunch of bonus content as well and you can be a patreon producer like jedi master deadpool delaney twining and logan delaney have done uh today we're brought to you by rocket money and netflix's one piece but we'll tell you all about that later you've waited long enough you need to know how good is starfield so I want to start with you, Paris Lilly. How good is Starfield? So I've been playing this game for two weeks. This is a game that you will absolutely buy an Xbox for. But on the kind of funny scale, I gave it a four out of five. Oh. And the great. reason being, it's that great. means it's great. Okay. Starfield is great. But one thing that I, I want to emphasize here at the top, I'm judging the game for what it is today not for what I can see the potential of what it will be tomorrow. And I say that because there are some issues with, with the game, but there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. There's, a, there's some epic moments in this game. But to be fair, there's things about it that, are, that exist today that I think as this game goes out to the general public, as Bethesda starts to get some feedback on it, 
they're going to see and they're going to adjust accordingly. And I think it potentially could bring it up to that five out of five scale. But today it's four out of five. Like I said, go get an Xbox. You want to play Starfield. But we got to dive into the weeds of what's good, what's bad, and everything in between. So I don't know how we exactly want to kick this off. I don't know where we want to do the discussion. I want to start with your just yeah. your overall thoughts. Yeah. So so it's interesting. Like I said, been playing it for about two weeks. So hour wise. Hour count. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hour wise. I put 88 hours into this game. Mm-hmm. I actually rolled God credits at 72 hours. Okay. I easily could have rolled credits probably in the hour 30 or something like that if I wanted to. But the whole beauty of this game is the fact that I can go do what I want. The main story, like I almost view the main story as just there to kind of guide you. That's not the the quote-unquote main event. The main event of this is all the side stories, the planets that you're going to go to, the discoveries that you'll just make randomly on your own that have no ties to an NPC or, or any side story or quest that you're doing. Now, some of the side stories that are in this game are freaking amazing. But at the same time, that main story is, is the glue that brings everything together. I thought the story overall was decent. I thought it was good. I thought I was engaged in it. There are a few twists in there that will surprise you along the way. Um, there is a new game plus. We're not going to talk about that today because there is some spoilery stuff that's tied to the new game plus. But Pete Hines said it best. That's when the game really starts is when you finish the main story and you continue your journey because that's when you can literally just go do whatever you want. I was able to live out my pirate fantasy in this game. I was stealing ships. I was doing bounties. I was smuggling stuff. I, was, I had literally had the entire galaxy after, after me at one point. Things like that that were very exciting and, and I just loved because they felt genuine to me. They felt fun. I felt engaged. You know, it was funny during the whole embargo period. The first day I got the game, I tweeted, hey, I have Starfield. I went MIA for like 24 hours. And people were like, he hasn't tweeted anything. What's going on? So then I just put out a funny tweet like, oh, I just woke up because I literally stayed up all night playing the game. That's how much fun I was having playing the game. But with all that said, and I want to say this for anybody that's watching or listening to this right now, the way I played Starfield over the first two weeks is not how anyone should play this game. Because the beauty of it is You'll be playing this now. You'll be playing this two months from now. You'll be playing this six months from now. You'll be playing this a year from now because there are so many things to do in this game. And, and that's kind of the beauty of what Todd Howard and this team at Bethesda has created. It's this space sandbox that they've given you that if I just want to be a space explorer and discover planets and do resources and surveys, I can go do that. If I just want to focus on I'm building outposts and I'm just – setting up my whole resource network, I can do that. If I want to be an asshole and be a pirate and steal ships all the time, I can do that, right? If I want to be one of the freestyle rangers and basically be the sheriffs of the galaxy, I can go do that. If I want to be in the vanguard, I can go do it, or I can do all of it, or I could be a pirate and join the Crimson Fleet. You can do all these things in the game, or you could just do one, and you're going to spend so many hours doing just that versus trying to do everything at once. Whereas I played it, I tried to do everything. I don't think that's the way you should play Starfield at all. I think you should play it the way you think you should be in the galaxy versus trying to be a jack of, of all trades, right? Um, I did play this on the, on the Xbox Series X. I did play it on PC. 
but more importantly, I played it on the Xbox Series S. And no split screen co-op, I heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but most importantly, because this is probably the number one thing I saw over the, over the first two weeks was performance. It was great. This is, this is arguably the most, if I'm saying this correctly, the most bug-free Bethesda game. This is the most polished, bu- polished Bethesda game that I've ever played. There's still some bugs. But nothing truly game-breaking. And we'll get into some of that, I'm sure. But it was very polished. You could tell the delay helped this game a lot so that anyone that's going to jump in and play it on day one, you're going to have a pretty smooth experience no matter the platform. Now, cloud streaming was not available during our time, and they suggested that we do not play on portables, on the, on the Rogue Ally or the Steam Deck. So I did not do that because I didn't want to. They're, they're telling me, hey, it's not optimized for that yet, so I didn't want to experience it that way. So we'll do that you know, in a few weeks you know, when, when they get it more optimized. But Look great on my backbone via remote yeah. play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but overall, I mean, I, like I said, I think, it's a great, I think it's a great game that has the potential to be an epic game. But there's some things that they're going to need to tighten up over the next few weeks and months. And I think they will get that through community feedback. And then sky's the limit on what this game could be. So the official review of Kind of Funny is a 4 out of 5 from Paris. Great. Great. Now before I go on to one of you, I want to know who has beat the game yet. Bless. I've beaten it, yeah. Bless and Greg. So Andy, Andy has not. So then let's start with Bless. Oh. So I think it's really fun talk or listening to Paris talk about what his thoughts are because I think the way in which my opinion is going to come in is going to paint probably how the industry is going to talk about this yeah. game. Because you're coming at it from a 4 out of 5, I'm going to come at it with a 3 out of 5. Interesting. I okay. think this game for this game has very high highs, and for mm-hmm. me it also has astronomically low lows. Yeah. And the high highs come in the fact that it is a Bethesda game. If you're like me and you like playing Bethesda games, you're going to get that out of Starfield. It carries the same kind of gameplay loop as a Bethesda game. It carries the same kind of fun, the same kind of writing, the same kind of quality as a Bethesda game. And the parts of it that shine as a Bethesda game are the things that I'm taking away from and being like, okay, that was a good time. There are story moments in the main quests and a lot of the side quests that have stuck with me and have had made this game memorable. But at the same time, the things that come in and really define the astronomically low lows that I'm talking about are also the things that make this a Bethesda game, right? This is Starfield is a Bethesda game. It is also a Bethesda game from 2015 in a lot of ways where it carries a lot of archaic systems. It carries a lot of lack of quality of life features that you've seen games over the years come in. And this isn't me just talking about Baldur's Gate 3 because I think that's going to be a big comparison because the game is coming directly out um, after Baldur's Gate 3 and Baldur's Gate 3 made such a big splash not only just a month ago. But this is me bringing in experiences with Baldur's Gate, experiences with Disco Elysium, experiences with Outer Worlds, experiences with uh, Zelda, so many different RPGs and open world games that have come through and really redefined and modernized the way in which we talk about open world games. So for me, I think there are three big failings that I have found in Starfield, and those are quality of life, but that's jank, and the content being lackluster in a lot of the places. Starting off with quality of life, there is a list of things where I go through and I start off Starfield, and I'm like, wait, really? Like, this is what we're working with here, right? Like, the game loves you being in loading screens and menus, more so than any game I've played this year. This game wants you to be in menus. To travel from planet to planet, you got to go into that, um, uh, go into your start menu, go into the either the mission log or the star map menu. If you happen to be in the wrong star map menu where it's like the galaxy as opposed to the planets, then you got to click in, then you got to, like, click the planet you want to go to, unless it's in a different 
solar system then you got to like grab jump to that system and then you got to land on the planet there are so many steps to do the exact things you want to do and get to the exact places you want to be and for me that's a big hindrance the control scheme on controller is very janky like it is not good i do not i did not like playing this game on xbox i found a way better experience when i switched over to pc and i ended up playing most of the game on pc both for the performance of it but also because i think the mouse and keyboard experience with this game is just much better the map i would describe as horrendous i do not like the map in this game um there are depending on i guess how you're playing where you are in the game there are a multiple different kind of maps that you have again you have the galaxy map you have the space map and then you have the surface map the surface map being the maps for the planets that you're on right and on those you have such little detail for where the points of interest are where uh if you're looking for something like a store or where i can fix my ship or where i can go to um, buy guns or whatever that stuff is just absent from the surface map in a way that i think is unforgivable for how the way that this map is designed right there are simple things that i wanted to do in my playthrough of oh yeah let me just go to the store and buy some med packs so i can have heals for this next mission and i had to text the slack and be like yo where do you where do you guys <laughs> yeah. get this stuff like where can i go to actually get these things and i think on one hand the game kind of rewards you for the familiarity of okay i found a spot like i'm always going to aquila city yeah. in this specific place <laughs> yeah. so i can buy my med packs or i can buy my ammo and then if i need to get ship stuff done i'm going to this specific place um uh, i forget the oh, what's the main planet called i already forget what it's new called. atlantis new atlantis See, i'm going to new atlantis to get ship stuff done and like technically it's a city called new atlantis um, yes jemson come on guys mm -hmm. but yeah i had to like act like you played 80 hours of the game wow. i had to find specific things well I, you know about the spot in the well i want to catch catch people up right i played yeah. 40 hours i beat in the game um but yeah stuff like that the, the map i think is really really bad um even something as simple as a conversation log is absent from the game where you're going through you're talking to NPCs, and you know i kind of like I, I really like reading back through conversations to catch up on like okay did i miss something okay what did they say earlier and i can't even do that right even things like mission descriptions for when you go through the quest when i pick quests they have that but it's so like it's only like a couple sentences. It's abridged it's to quite the degree. Very abridged yeah. to the point where I'm like, where there are certain missions where I'm like, okay, let me catch up. What am I doing here? And I read the, the mission description. I'm like, really? That's all? Like, that's all you're going to give me? Like, I really want the breakdown of what's going on here so I can make the right decision. Yeah, going from step to step where like step three tells you, well, this and this happened now. Step four tells you an updated yeah. version. I agree with that. But yeah. that's a lot of quality, quality of life stuff that I find issue with. When it comes to Bethesda Jank, um, I think Paris is right in terms of this being probably the least buggy bethesda game it's still quite buggy um and also i think more so it's just janky right there are moments where i, I think roger might have caught this in the when we recorded our first hour of, of gameplay where i turn around and my gun is just like inside <laughs> of a door just jiggling around and doing all this stuff there was a time where um i walked out of a, a of a structure uh, i walk outside and i see a ship and like some of these ships are on are on loop where they'll land on a planet and then take off. I walk outside, one of those ships landed and took off within the span of like five seconds, like five times. Where it like flew off, came back, flew off, came back, and like was was just doing like a sped up loop for whatever reason, and it took me out. And then like an enemy I needed to fight spawned out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like this game is wigging out. Um, there are times where my game crashed just uh, for me trying to travel to a specific planet. And I tried it multiple times in the same planet. My game would just crash. So I had to go over to Xbox and do that on there so I could actually get that uh, done. Uh, more jank stuff following NPCs sucks, right? You have like the missions where you have to like follow somebody and they move at such an awkward speed, right? Where it's like, <laughs> yes. it's like yes. too fast for walking speed, but fast enough to where you have to like 
try to keep up. Run, yeah, you can't run. run. And so like you run two steps, stop. You run two steps, stop to like try and keep on pace with them. That kind of stuff are things that feel like make it feel like an old game, right? These are game. These are um, systems, mechanics, things that have been fixed in other games that I am surprised to not see fixed here. And then my last thing here is lackluster co content where, you know, like I mentioned, there are shining moments in this game. There are missions that I'm going to rem remember for, oh man, yeah, Bethesda did their thing here, right? Both mm -hmm. moments in the main mission, but then also moments in side missions where, yeah, Paris is saying, join the Crimson Fleet, do this thing. And like, some of those missions are really dope. But then at the same time, there is so much side content that feels so spread thin like it feels spread throughout a universe where I, one of the things that I really wanted to do was join a corporation, a mega corporation in neon. And I was walking, it was my first time getting to neon. I was walking the streets and I passed by a sign that's like, you know, apply today to work at mega corporation. And I'm like, Oh, that's not, sounds really cool. And so I did it. And then I go in for a job interview and it was like really cool at first. And I was like, right. dude, this is really awesome. I do the job interview. I get the role and I start, I start doing missions that are just me working for basically the Amazon of this universe. This is so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I start, I start doing it. Like legitimately everything I'm saying is accurate. And, and it's really cool when you start it. Guy but walks then, in the door, uh, blessing you're off lunch in 20 minutes. All right. <laughs> like, well, no, the first thing I have, I walk in and the guy's like, Oh, are you here for your interview? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, cool. Yeah. Good luck. You know, I'll be here on your way out. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right. I'll see you, man. Now, did you take? Did you ask him to escort you to the office? No, because he oh. gives ridiculous instructions, yeah. and he's yeah. like, "I can take you." I'm like, "Yeah, take me. I'm yeah. not going to be able to." No, he gave that. me the He's like, "Take a left here, take a right, go up the stairs, yeah. do this." And I was like, "No, I'll find it." And then I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to go back and be like, "Can you tell me where it's at again?" <laughs> um, but then once I started going down that mission chain, the the writing for the missions just felt so bland and uninteresting, and felt very basic. Of hey, I need you to go here and. Um, and steal this thing and i go and i do it and i'm like wait really is that all what these missions are it's that back to back to back and i'm like really like this writing doesn't feel like peak bethesda writing it feels like they are filling in the world with content as opposed to like having worthwhile content but then i get to another mission i'm like oh yeah. no this you is really yeah, good. And you're like goddamn yeah this, yeah yeah I'd so totally, i i, totally I think there's that. an uneven split there in terms yeah. of the missions that feel so basic and so nothing but then other parts where it's like okay y'all y'all are doing the the damn thing here um but with that, there is a string of, of main quests where it is very copy and paste. And like these were back to back to back to back uh, of like the same kind of main quest where like the best analogy you can probably give would be like Assassin's Creed Towers of, hey, yeah, just go and like do this thing. And then you come back and you do it again. And like they're, they're a type of main quest that you have to do. I was very shocked when I did them and they were all just straight up the same thing. Um, and that being part of the main quest was super disappointing to me because like, like that is main content, right? And like I would have expected way more out of that. Um, but yeah, there's way more I can get into. I don't, I, I don't want to burn it all here, but for me, I am a strong three out of five. There are shining moments. There are moments that really brought me back. There was one day where I was ready to come in here and be like, this is a two out of five, but you know, there are really good moments in this game that brought me back. And I think there is that fact of if you love Bethesda games, if you are somebody who loves fallout, if you love Skyrim, there's a lot that you can get, get out of Starfield. For me, Starfield is just not one of the best RPGs of the year. Greg Miller. Hold on, Paris oh. got something to say. I, I, yeah, I don't want to take too much time, but because I do want to elaborate on everything that you just said. That mm. that is it, my exact point. That I see the potential of where yeah. Starfield can go when it gets rid of some of the jank, when it kind of fixes some of those quality of life issues. Because the number one for me was the inventory system. Horrible. I mean, just flat out, it is not good. It needs a complete overhaul. And I think as people get their hands on it, they're going to see that. 
and they're going to get a lot of feedback on that. So I think some of these things they're going to be able to resolve, you know, in the short term, some are going to take way longer to do. But I do think for everything that you just said, as far as what's not working with Starfield is pretty spot on. So, Greg, you yeah. beat it. Yeah. How many hours you put in? And where are you putting it on the kind of funny scale? I am 40, 40 hours plus in. I've rolled credits. Uh, I am r- deep into New Game Plus. Uh, again, yeah, we don't talk about that, though. And, you know, next year, in uh, March 1st, it'll be 17 years of reviewing video games uh, professionally. And I don't think I've ever seen a better example of your mileage will vary. Um what I mean by that is that this is such an interesting game in terms of what you put in, you get out of it and how mm-hmm. much you're willing to put up with I, everything, both blessing and Paris have said, I agree with, right. It's that kind of game. I see all of these things in there to be, not be around the bush. What am I giving on a scale? I'm not prepared to review it yet. Mm-hmm. I've rolled credits. I'm deep in a new game plus and honestly post credits, like not to, you know, quote Pete Hines from a PR stunt or whatever, right? Like, I do feel that like post credits changed kind of the way it framed the entire game. And so now it is like, oh man, I want to keep playing this. What I'm prepared to say is that I've had a four out of five great time with it so far. Um, I have had five out of five moments. I have had, I think the game is a three out of five when it comes to looks. I've had five out of five performances in it, literally that made me tear up, like on the verge, if not fully crying. I have had two out of five performances where I'm like, is this someone who dropped coffee af- or coffee <laughs> off at Bethesda that they're like, get in the booth and say something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is that entire thing. And get me in there. You know what I'm saying? Exa- I, on, I, Andy, one thousand percent. I know what you're right. saying, and I'm right there. So, where that all nets out overall, I think gets into a more spoilery discussion. I think there's a lot to go on uh, in terms of it, but I think the main argument to be had here is what your expectations for Starfield are and what you're willing to put up with. And what I mean from the top of that is that way back in the day, when we were preparing for Fallout 4's review, you asked me, hey, what would make it a disappointment? And I was like, if it was just Fallout 3, but in HD, it was just a modern Fallout 3. And it was a modern Fallout 3. And then Fallout 76 has come and da da da. And I've noodled this idea for a while of Bethesda RPGs. What you been noodling on, Gray? uh, Fallout 3, we all lost our minds for because it's an amazing game. Skyrim, so many people lost their minds for because it's an amazing game. Both of those games, I feel we looked at and might have said, oh, well, they didn't know what quality of life was. They didn't know that this thing would be advancement. What they were being held back was what gaming was at that time. But we've seen at bats now where I think we have to have this conversation of like, listen, Bethesda is great at making Bethesda games. I will be shocked, shocked if in a year they've changed the inventory because I think this is just how they do inventory. This is just what it is. And it's, I think it is ridiculous when it comes to be not even over encumbered the way they use the cargo hold, yeah. the way they do anything else. It's chaos. It's, it's <laughs> and like, then you can switch ships with, we've known, right? So like I get a better ship and I put all my stuff in there, but then this mission required me to use an older ship. So I did it, which overloaded my old cargo hold, but then I needed to put in the stuff to repair oh. the ship, but I couldn't put it in because the cargo hold was overloaded. <laughs> What's so, that? stressing, man. It's, and like, I'm, I'm 35, 30 hours into the game and I'm like, you know what? Jettison, jettison, jet, And I'm just shooting resources into Greg, space I that I never use. Greg, I, I'm, there's a crewmate of mine, MIA. Don't know where she is. <laughs> Don't know. Where, I hope she's okay. Wherever she is. Like, Lynn? She, you put everything Lynn? You put everything in her pocket. No, just like somebody I found and recruited. Okay. And okay. like, I, I loved her being in the crew because of what she specialized in. Don't know where she's at. I hope she's somewhere safe. I hope she's like living in Did you give her a bunch right of now. stuff? Is she carrying a bunch of your stuff? No, no. Okay, she good. was just on my ship and then stuff happened and now I don't know where she's at now. 
but, but, but can, can I say Stop this? With her. Can I say this about the inventory system? Yeah. Because it is my number one gripe with this game. For a game that is incur- it, it literally is encouraging you to go out, discover these planets, find these resources, get like oh the, the, the creation engine, the way the attention, the detail that they have on these levels. It is literally encouraging you pick up everything that you freaking see. And you're constantly like, I maxed out my weightlifting immediately. That's of one course. of the skill perks I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about. I immediately, it's one of the first things I maxed out. Still wasn't good enough. Every companion I had is a freaking mule. Load them yeah. up. Yeah. The ship, load it up. It is still what, not enough really, where really, I got to fight it. What's really funny is that I had to boot up Fallout 4 just as a reminder of like, yeah. all right, playing Starfield, this is what it is. I remember loving Fallout 4, so like yeah. I booted up just to get a taste of what it was. And what I immediately remembered, because I, I, I loaded into Diamond City, and I was like, oh, wait a second. And then I went, went to the weapon workbench in Diamond City. And that wep- weapon workbench is where I stored every single item. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, how I played yeah, that yeah. game, too, right, where right. I'm like, I need, a, I'm, I need some place to put all the stuff that I'm just yeah. not carrying. And it turns out to be the weapon workbench. Yeah. And I think they try to solve it with the ship cargo system. But it but wasn't it's not enough. enough. Yeah, I, it's just I, simply not enough. I would not be surprised if, you know, day whatever patch happens. Hey, we've updated a cargo hub. Like... I don't I, think it will, man. I think this is who they are. That's just number pushing, though. Like, I know. I, I think when it comes to layout and everything else, that takes a lot. Yeah, more yeah, yeah. Layout, I'm not even. But talking I about think that. if I think tune the numbers up, add a couple of digits to the end of it. But well, just to back on, if yeah. so, my top level, which I know is just us talking, which is great. This is great. Uh, thoughts of it, right? Is I, what I'm struggling with right now is I think it's a four out of five great time for me. And again, this is going to be a very personal game for everybody of what you put up with and yeah. what you do, right? Hundred percent. I think it, it's a four out of five great time. I wonder if it's a three out of five game, if that's what it is. And it, what, where does that shake down and all these different things? For me, what this game has done is something I've wanted out of every RPG I think we've reviewed at Kind of Funny, where I talk about all the time of like, man, this might be the one I actually role play in, that I make a character and I go through the thing and da 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 da. And it didn't happen with Cyberpunk. It didn't happen with Fallout 4. You know, you heard the stories or you see me make a Taylor Swift or somebody who looks like Kevin or whatever. And like, it just becomes me effing around in the city or whatever. What Starfield did is, I think, have a very abrupt intro. Me and Bless both looked at each other after day one. And we're like, I don't know about this, man, yeah. right? Yeah, like, oh yeah, we got suddenly, like, you're thrust into this thing and you've got a ship in the galaxy. But okay, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing? Okay. And I didn't like my character creator uh, that I created that is up now, I guess, on the video we made. I made. I tried to make myself. Didn't like how I looked. Didn't really connect with it. Didn't do the thing. So I'm just stealing, but then I'm trying to be good, but I'm doing the thing or whatever. I think night two, I finally ran into like the plastic surgery place. I was like, oh, okay. Remade my character to look like Becky Lynch from WWE. I'm like, all right, this is more inclined. I ended up becoming a, a space cop on a city, an old West cop. I was like, this is all right enough. Da, da, da. And then... Through the magic of what Starfield can do, I found a, I had already found this, pickpocketed a guy, got a, a thing in there, like, oh, there's some loot over here. I'm like, all right, whatever. And finally it was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sick of the main quest being just go do this, just go do that. I'm going to start doing some of my side quest stuff. Pulled that one, went and did it, ended it. And I literally was like, that was the coolest side quest I've ever done in an RPG. And not only is that true, it is now framed who I am in this game and what I will do going forward. The, the one we talked about. Yes. yes. And that gave me, okay, I am off to the races now. Yeah. And then it became, okay, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same person you're talking to, ran into a companion and I'm like, you're the first companion that I click with, that I like, that I'm doing what I want to do in these games that isn't, I'm not, I was never space prior, it was never that bad, right? But it was, I would do something and they'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. And Sam gets all mad at you or whatever. I would be like, <laughs> okay, cool. And then now we're together and we do a thing. And 
I would have to imagine that if you are Bethesda and you are years ago planning what a perfect playthrough would look like for somebody, it's what I got. Where all of a sudden my character who was just whatever, a minor, who had a background in sculpting. That's what I picked in my backstory, right? <laughs> a former sculptor who's now a minor. I'm like, all right, whatever. But I did this thing. <laughs> I found purpose in the world. I found a character <laughs> to connect with. Shit goes south. This happens. Crazy things happen. Blah, blah, blah. You know, there, there's, there's, there's tax, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It, you know, the loss of somebody motivates me and like do the thing. And, and then to, like I'm talking about, get to the end of the game, have New Game Plus as an option to be like, this is just recontextualized everything and going forward does all this stuff that's where i'm at of like i i we will sit here and get into the list of gripes i have the fucking local navigation is abysmal it is insulting the the, and not to mention to drop you into the first world of being the first city of being new atlantis and be like yo there are three different districts. There's the commercial one and the embassy one, and they all look exactly the fucking same. So you're wondering, like, am I, which one am I in? Yeah. I'm trying to get back to that shop, and I can't do it, right? Like, all of that is here. All of that is there. I don't agree with Bless on the controller stuff. I thought controls felt yeah, great. I really had a, a lot of fun playing it. I think everything I'm saying and how I'm still in the torn up, and da, 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 this will, and this is a crazy statement, this will, I think, be the Bethesda game RPG that I look back on most fondly. Skyrim, I enjoyed. I, I was never a fantasy guy, whatever. Fallout 3 was... You're not a space guy either. I'm not, exactly, which is crazy that I like this, of course, but then I'm sure a lot of people are going to hate it because of the lack of free space you really feel like you have in this game, where so much of it for me was, go here, do this. Go, like yeah. Fast travel, fast travel, fast travel. I'm not really flying. I'm not really dogfighting. But again, this is where I'm getting into, and I'm sorry to go so long on this, right? One of the things you said when you were talking about was genuine and how genuine the game is, and you called it out for being an RPG. This is a nerdy-ass RPG. And so I really feel it benefits you to what you were saying, right? Of don't do everything, pick something. Yes. Once I picked who I was and what I was doing and I stuck to that, I had so much fun in it. But it does mean that I never built an outpost, right? I never, ever did that. I never assigned anybody, anybody the fucking research stations and all that jazz. I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Then you get going and it's like, oh, well, anything past level one, you need to put your skill points into on a different tree. I'm like, I'm not even using that stuff. And you, you level up so slowly in this playthrough. It's like... What the hell? Like, why? No, I'm not going to do that. Which, again, though, then makes me recontextualize thing when you roll credits. So it's a whole thing. I want to get Andy Cortez's thoughts before we get even deeper into this. Andy, how far into the game are you? And where are you leaning currently in your playthrough on the kind of funny scale? I am around 25 hours in. Um, if you're wondering, man, Andy looks like he stayed up until four in the morning playing this. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's what you were born for, though. You're like the Hulk in Endgame. Because I did. It's <laughs> high right now. Um, I would put. I would put this. <laughs> no, Andy, wake up, wake up. Um, th this is really, really tough for me. Um, I don't. I don't want to put a number on it yet, Tim. Cool. Because I got pulled away so quickly from what this game is in terms of story-wise. It took a long time for me to get pulled. To, it. It was a lot of trouble pulling me away from Baldur's Gate Three. It was tough pulling me away from Armored Core 6. And That's why it's going to be <laughs> really, really tough to pull me away from Starfield. I am just already addicted to this game. I started off kind of, you know, I, I, Starfield was given to us when I was back home in Texas. I did not get to log on early. I did not really get to, I downloaded it on my little laptop back home. Just, I was like, this is not the right time to do this. I have a big old beefy PC at home. Let me wait till I get back home. So by the time I get back, I'm already kind of hearing opinions around the office, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound great. 
And and I don't disagree with a lot of those opinions in terms of what the game can do quality of life wise, UI wise, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm kind of like, man, this main story isn't really hooking me a whole lot. And then something happened to me. And now I'm I've been on a side quest chain that has lasted no joke, like seven hours. And then I got really, really into building my ship. And now I'm building my ship and looking for crew. I'm fucking loving this experience right now. Like, I, I cannot wait to get back home and get back to it. Um, I, I am enjoying these side quests that may, may or may not be super worth it all the time because I want creds. And I want those credits to then Invest get that next part for the, the ship yeah, that I really want. Exactly. And then I, I, have crew I have crew quarters down below now that... That might, well, God rest her soul, wherever she's at, I hope she's okay. <laughs> um, she went out for a pack of cigarettes. So we back <laughs> I hope she's fine. But, like, I, I, I am just loving the loop of where I'm at right now. And, like, dude, no joke, this side quest has just totally derailed the whole experience for me in the best way possible. All of my missions are still there, but it is, in the moment when this thing happens, I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. I'll, we'll see how far this goes. And it hasn't ended in, like, the last seven or eight hours. It is... An, a fucking awesome experience, and I hope people can get into that moment. Um, but, but I think that's the whole thing is finding your moment. Oh, for right? sure, yeah, you got to sure, find yeah. And and I obviously your mile your mileage may vary is like totally applicable because you may not be on the same planet and run into that same NPC or get that same side mission. And I knew that was going to be a problem with a game this large. I knew that you were going to get really really varied opinions, and if you just mainline the story and you're like. And the story was kind of decent, blah, blah, blah. And the gameplay, you know, whatever, UI, not awesome. Totally understand all of those issues. Uh, I'm playing on PC. I, uh, Greg, I know, you know, we have a little thing with the PC and the consoles. It's and a stuff big like joke, that. yeah. Um, like, this game is stunning on PC. I, I have been taking so many just little video captures. I don't even know what I'm going to use it for. I probably won't use it for anything, but there's just so many good moments like the interior lighting and the, the volumetric lighting and the volumetric fog and all that stuff. It is gorgeous whenever I'm in interiors and my little homie robots running around and like everything is looks so incredibly good. Um, I'm really impressed by the automated uh, motion capture, not motion capture, but the automated sort of animations. I know that some of them can be very, very jank, but I think when you talk to some NPCs and when the lighting hit, is hitting them just right, it's like, God damn, this is like really close to cyberpunk, which I think is like the pinnacle of the pinnacle, right? Um, I'm enjoying my time with it. I think the game is, is gorgeous and I am really, really digging what I'm doing right now, which is like, this is the game I wanted No Man's Sky to be at launch. I... Go ahead. No, no, I want you to finish, please. Yeah, when No Man's Sky launched, and it, it was Minecraft in space, and you're you're taking minerals and uh, you know trying to build things, and maybe not get a whole lot of customization. Obviously, No Man's Sky has had a bajillion expansion since then. But I'm talking about at launch. I was hoping for an experience like exactly what I'm playing right now. I am role-playing this shit out of this i am mm -hmm. wanting to be the star lord i am wanting to be my han solo i am the the space scoundrel that is trying to do good but every once in a while does some shitty things every, if he needs to right i'm i might <clears throat> you know absolutely just screw that lady over and she's you know she's not going to get the credits that she was supposed <laughs> to get 
And, you know, tough shit sometimes that happens, but, like, it... Shouldn't have trust me. I was just a stranger <laughs> who walked up. Yeah. I know, yeah. You should have told me your life story as I walked by you. Um, <laughs> it, I, I'm having an absolute blast with it. Like, this is, uh, this is, for me, when I think about... When we, talk, when we talk about expectations of what we get with the kind of final product, and this far surpasses what my experience was with, like, Cyberpunk when Cyberpunk arrived, right? Like, I thought I was going to be having this sort of role-playing experience in cyberpunk and with cyberpunk mm -hmm. i just did a lot of cool side missions and but i wasn't really living in that world here i am like living in this universe and i'm looking for all of these little home shops to find where oh that's an actual outpost are there gonna oh there's a lot of npcs there there's a lot of people at a bar let me go walk at the bar and i walk at the bar and when you hover over people it'll say citizen or minor or whatever the hell but this dude says ballistics uh engineer specialist let me go talk to that dude i need a ballistics dude on my ship like it's so badass man i'm loving it loving it so i, I want to get to paris i want it to greg and then i want to open this up <laughs> a bit more as a conversation yeah uh but first i want to take a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Every single person I know that has tried Rocket Money has been shocked at how many subscriptions they have that they forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending about $80 a month on their subscriptions when in reality, it might be closer to 200 plus. Uh, when you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you use to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're actually paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by One Piece on Netflix. The global phenomenon One Piece has finally gotten a live action adaptation on Netflix. This is an incredible world ruled by pirates filled with never before seen superpowers and a hunt for a legendary treasure called the One Piece. It's an epic action adventure about following your dreams, searching for treasure, and ultimately, finding your chosen family. The series was made by fans for fans, old and new. Showrunners Matt Owens and Steven Maeda are huge fans of the manga and come at their work from a fan first perspective while still allowing new audiences to discover and fall in love with this story. Manga creator Ichiro Oda was involved in every step of the process at a level which was never seen before in any previous live action manga adaptation. One Piece is an action packed, warm-hearted and joyful adventure that you don't want to miss. Don't miss One Piece on Netflix, August 31st. Paris. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This might just lead into the open conversation because I do want to touch on something Andy brought up. And then I also want to bring up the three moments that I realized I love this game. Ooh, let me, can we, can I, I jump off of Andy yeah, too? And then we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, what I, that's what I mean. I didn't, I didn't want to keep going. If we I knew to this was going to be a banger of an yeah, episode. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the NPCs and you talked about the visuals. So I, I specifically wanted to bring up, I believe it's Creation Engine 2.0 or some whatever they're calling it, right? It, it's funny because I think it symbolizes this game as a whole, where some of the visuals are some of the best I think I've ever seen from a lighting standpoint. I've stood on certain planets and looked out at moons and gas giants, and I'm like, holy shit, and I'm taking photo, you know, photo modes mm -hmm. and being a tourist and just the whole thing. Again, the level of detail that you'll see with this engine is phenomenal. But then you'll see stuff with some of the non- I'll call them the non-curated NPCs, just some of the standard random NPCs where it, it just doesn't look good. It looks like it from ugly. the it looks like it's from the 360 PS3. <laughs> oh yeah, I, ugly, eyeballs you know? are just yeah. They <laughs> walk around. They're, they're, yeah, you get that crazy eyeball freaky, look. The yeah. whole thing, <laughs> but then you get the ones that clearly they took time within that creation. You know, the character creation, and they look amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which and those are many of the ones I'm talking about. Right, of right. Yeah. Look, looks phenomenal. So it's just interesting. The, the ups and downs that you see just with that. But I would say overall, it's a gorgeous game, especially on PC, obviously, but even on the Xbox Series X, looks great. Yeah, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to jump in with environment design yeah. specifically because I do think, I'll call it set design, right? The set design yeah. of when you walk into some of these settlements, when you walk into like a space station and there's like a, people living there and you walk in and it feels and looks like a lived in place. Yes, Those really were the does. parts of the game where I'm like, this looks incredible. Like it brings me back to, you know, I think I said the same thing about, about cyberpunk, right? Where in terms of the style and like how much it oozes like genuine, oh, we're curating a space here. We're making this, this place look like, oh, what if a group of pirates actually stayed here and lived here and went to the bar here? And like, what does that entail in terms of what you need in terms of, oh yeah, this person is like, you know, doing sales for this part of the, or this part of the station. And like, they really, do such a good job in creating an environment. But then, yeah, in terms of the character design, that's where I kind of disagree as far as like, I think a lot of those characters look really ugly and it gets really awkward when you talk to them and you're talking to them from like a bit off center where they then have to like Oh, learn. this whole thing? Like oh, where they're, whole, they're sitting at the, the bug? Oh, yeah. what do you yeah. want to do over there? Yeah, Why the fuck are you better than like, that wall around? Around. I, I, I had to talk to someone through someone else's butt at some yeah. point. Yeah. Like the camera angles were crazy. And like, when I finished talking to them and then they like do this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> why are you walking backwards? Like, well, who did this? Uh, that's why I kind of I disagree in terms of the cyber, uh, cyberpunk comparison and the character designs and the animations. I think, yeah, the, the, the curated characters, the main characters that you're meeting, I think have that level of okay, you look great. 
but I feel like any of the side characters look really bad. Greg, I want to jump to you real quick, like to, to address uh, the Andy statement there. Sure. Well, yeah, I had a bunch of things I jotted down from Andy, right? I think one of the things, you know, again, where I'm like, is it a three out of five game that I'm having four out of five fun with kind of thing or whatever? And why I think I'm more towards a four out of five, right? Is that 40 hours in credits roll new game plus going, right? I also can't wait to get back to it. You know, when we were building up to credits last night, I was like, all right, this has been good, but I think I'm going to roll credits. And then, yeah, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z indie that I have in my box right now. Get ready for Baldur's Gate on PlayStation, et cetera, et cetera. And then once I rolled credits, I was like, no, I'm, I need to get back and I need to do this and I need to see this. And I think one of the things you called out was, you know, you're making memories here, right? You're making your own thing. That's the biggest back to the RPG thing is as the character making a history there that I really am connected with, with these characters and what I did and the choice I made here or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. But then also you talked about being derailed, right? And what we all find out of the game. I saw the ballistics dude. I hired no one for my ship, right? There was, I let two people on my companion and then another person <laughs> that I, we're not going to name names that I just like from earlier in the game. I was like, fine, you, you roll with me. Cause I like you and I want to get you out of this. Not Barrett. Cave where I, I hated Barrett. Oh no. I hated really? Barrett. I eventually, liked hey, man. I did not like, <laughs> just like real life. Just like yeah, real come life. On. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, on top of like, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, but why? Like the lock picking. You, I, Mike has been asking for a new lock picking mechanic or whatever. I have a story. I ha, well, here's mine. This is a book I have that I had all my my notes and from Ben birth classes, and now it's just little yes. lock pick diagrams. Because I like you want to talk about getting derailed for hours. I would just sit there and be like, uh huh. Well, it's going to be easier for me. To, I needed to visualize. Did I couldn't keep it all in my head anymore, so I just have these also, diary of a madman notes, and then also my shopping lists for ammo. And then when I was like, I'll try making shit. And I was now, like, oh, is this, this a good like, or bad thing? This is amazing. It's amazing. Did you oh, get? Oh, did you, did you but because again, like you don't have to do this. Tim. No, you don't. Like you, and you definitely have to do it like this. But I mean, if you're like a oh, lock picking is not my thing, fine, fuck off. You don't get the stuff in those rooms, and you're fine. No, but question: Did you upgrade to master lock? Oh god, damn. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I got the I got the fucking slide rule out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> insane yeah doing awesome. the master lock. and again yeah. that's the thing where again i think like on that first playthrough when i was like god damn i am leveling so slowly because and i should point this out too like the way leveling works you see the the perks we're talking about yeah. and leveling it up to this like when you go in and you get the first thing like you know as you do fill in the top row of each tree you then put in enough that you start unlocking the ones below it or whatever right it all sounds great and easy but the idea one of the parts there is like you know you put it into health so you're getting 10 percent more off of health packs great before you can unlock number two of that, it's like, you know, use our health back five times, use it in the next right. one ten times. Well, that sounds that easy, channel. but then it's sometimes they are like, yeah. use as many bullets, take this much damage, run this much encumbered. So it actually becomes like, it's not super quick to do it. Then also Bethesda bugs, I had a whole bunch of stuff. Like I was using med packs and they weren't registering there. I should point out that after day one patch, it did seem like that. Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they started popping i was like okay maybe we're back on track but the majority of my playthrough still was like oh man what the fuck's going on with that so anyways it was the whole thing of like i love lock picking i'm pouring it into lock picking i am doing lock picking i am like even if i had if i was like i saw a key on somebody's body i wouldn't pick it up because i would go lock pick the damn thing so i would get credit for picking the lock so i could get the next yeah. level of lock right? <laughs> we've already brought this up uh in terms of it's going to be really really tough to not compare it to Baldur's Gate 3, especially with what that game has done to just show us like, oh my God, this is when you are max level power. <laughs> this is what an RPG looks like. And there are certainly a lot of disappointing situations when you're talking with NPCs. And in Baldur's Gate 3, it feels like anything you tell somebody, the next time you talk to them, they're going to remember the last thing you said or how you made them feel, and that's how they're going to kind of, they're going to react kind of realistically. 
And there have been many moments here where I'll steal something and then they get mad at me and then I walk up to them and then they're like, so here's at our shop yeah. we have, and it's like, oh man, I wish you, mm -hmm. I wish you were reacting in this moment. This doesn't feel as realistic as, as I'm wanting it to feel. Um, Can I jump in on that or? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The one, that's one of the things I talked about blessing on day one or zero or whatever you want to call where it was like, I feel, especially coming off of Baldur's Gate 3, which is such an amazing RPG, jumping in here, the seams showed so quickly where it was that, oh man, this still is just a Bethesda game, which again is a great game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away from it. But it was that like, you jump in, you know, all right, cool. You're this person. You, you, you joined Constellation. We explore the stars. Okay, cool. I lead it. I'm going to come with you on your first mission. Okay, I do that. I get that. Oh, Sarah didn't like that. Sarah didn't like that. I go back and we drop off the thing and we we're in the, you know, main like uh, meeting space. And I, she's like, all right, well, I should say congratulations and welcome to Constellation. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I, I, that was like the canned thing that I talked to her through. And then I hit her again in her face, literally like turned in on itself, frowning, like, I can't believe what you just did. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, like this feels like Hall of Presidents shit where you had the program, welcome to Constellation, everything's good. And then oh, I was like, oh, couldn't we have done another take of that line if you were already mad at me? But like, that's not how this system works. That's what a Bethesda game is. I, I want to I contribute to the Baldur's Gate 3 um, comparison, but more so to in a positive light for Starfield, right? Because I do think that comparison is the thing that took me out early on in the game where in the dialogue and talking to these characters, immediately I kept thinking about Baldur's Gate 3 and how natural those conversations felt, right? And when you get into something like romance in Baldur's Gate 3, it feels so natural. It feel it, you have characters that you want to step <laughs> for, right? Like, in, uh, I, I guess in terms of like how much I like the characters in Baldur's Gate 3, like, like I look at Carlock or I look at um, Shadowheart or I look at uh, Lazo or any of those characters and I'm like, I can see why I'd go for you. I can see why there pe there's people online that are simming after, what's the vampire dude's uh, name? Uh, um, yeah, that dude. My I, guy. <laughs> Evil my guy. guy, vampire guy. <laughs> my guy, vampire man. I can see why people are simming after this guy. Whereas there is a, ro a romance aspect to Starfield where just randomly you can flirt with your companions. And these, <laughs> these characters have zero riz. Like it's that thing where I'm like, I do. Well, I, none of these characters are hot. Like they barely look like real people. Like I don't know how I, how I feel about this aspect, but... The more and more I, pl I play Starfield, the more and more I identify the type of RPG it wants to be versus the type of RPG that Baldur's Gate 3 is, where, you know, I think this game has opened my eyes to, like, oh, man, this is almost like more of a sim, <clears throat> excuse me, RPG, where you can, like, do what you guys are talking about, right? I can go and I can join the Crimson Fleet and I can do this whole quest line that's really cool and really dope and kind of and I can make my own outpost and do whatever the fuck I want in the way that I want. It's not necessarily about the these, like, deep storylines, these intertwining things it's that characters remember. It's all about the sandbox, and that is the RPG that Starfield wants to be. And that might take away from, if you're somebody looking for the Baldur's Gate 3 level of, you know, writing and creation and all this stuff, right? That takes away from that. But I 1,000% see what y'all are talking about in terms of living in this world and wanting to be in this world and how enticing this world is, especially when you pick a direction, go in it, and, like, just get to experience it as it is. Exactly. And see, and that's like what I was saying at the top. And then, you know, I was saying it after you gave your impressions as well. This isn't the way we played this game is not the way to play this game during during review. It just simply isn't the fact that both of you didn't want to put a score on it. I, I kind of didn't want to either for that very same fact that there's still like I said, I'm almost 90 hours into it. And I feel like now I really feel like I know exactly what I want to do and what I want to focus on in this game. One other thing. Well, let me jump in there because sure. everybody here knows that I'm not the replay game guy. Yeah. Like I just don't do it. And that's why like I'm so fascinated to not only want to replay it 
again, but replay it again. Yeah. And I do wonder how many times I'm going to right. replay this to see because the different thing do and do these different, different things. Right. And the game feels like it's rewarding me yeah. for that. And not even just with decisions, but with the way my character is, you know, changing exactly. or whatever you want to call it. But, but one <laughs> thing I, wanna, I, I wanted to bring way. up before I forget <laughs> is at the beginning, it took me probably about a good four hours to really get into the game because they throw so many, yeah. there's so many different systems and things that you need to learn and understand early on that it wasn't that I wasn't having fun. I just almost felt overwhelmed in a way. And then once it kind of got you out of that, I don't know if you want to even call it a tutorial mode, but once you got out of that early mode and the game opens up and you kind of have the freedom to do what you want, that's when it really started clicking for me. Yeah. And that's when I felt like I can now play this the way I want to play it versus the way the game is telling me I have to play it. Sure, and I think that's probably one of the reasons I'm excited to replay yeah. is the fact of like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. It's a buffet, and I sh and in my in my opinion for playing it, I shouldn't be tasting everything, right? Mm -hmm. I should say that, all right, well, this trip to the buffet is for the sushi, and this yep. trip is for the pasta, and this trip is for the, you know what I mean? And role play it yeah. that way. I, do, I, do you think it says something about the game, though, that it, it felt like it, it took you that long to really understand like where to navigate yourself throughout it greg like specifically and just like understanding what the game is and how you want to live in it no i think that's a more and more common occurrence with video games right I, that's i was you know when we reviewed this is a very different comparison but it'll get there in a second oxen free 2 like oxen free 2 was another one that when i beat it I immediately was like, well, I want to restart it because that's how these games go. And doing that and then having the context of what happened and who the characters were that seemed like when they dropped me, dropped when first blush dropped them on me. And I was like, who are you? And you're only here for two seconds. And I don't see you again for two hours in this game. I don't know what the hell it was. And Oxenfree is a much shorter game to get there and then be like, oh, I actually liked you. I didn't realize I, I didn't you know I liked you. Now it means more to re go through that way. This one, I think it is, you know, there's something to be said where I, I think the pace at which it moves in the front where you literally go from, oh, I'm a dude in a mine or a gal in a mine to suddenly like, oh, I have a spaceship. <laughs> like, that's like a 30 minute journey of like, oh, I own a spaceship now. Okay, cool. And now I got to go talk to these strangers who accept me. And that's weird. But then again, as you then, it's to get you out into the universe, to get you doing what you want, because they're damned if they do, damned if they don't, if they eased you into it. So many people drop off because it's boring or they have the promise of space travel or whatever. Like, again, it's an ingenious way, I think, in the, the full circle thing to get back to it of like, Oh, okay. You did this, and you learned what's happening in the universe you're in. Um, yet another uh, mark down the tally. Yet another comparison here from Baldur's Gate Three. The uh, persuasion system, I, I think, is really crappy. I was about to get I, into it. I, I don't like it. I think it's so immediately satisfying in Baldur's Gate Three to roll a fake digital digital dice and see, like, am I going to succeed this check or am I not? It wants me to roll a fifteen or above. This is a tough one. I have only five out of a 20 chance to do this. It's like immediately recognizable. And in Starfield, you level up your persuasion, just like you level everything up. You, you add a skill point, right? And then in order to be able to add another skill point to go to level two persuasion, you have to successfully persuade five people in conversations. And then you open up level two then you can put another point there if you want to get to level three you have to successfully do that 10 times yep. or whatever and and so on and so forth and the way that these conversations go down i think is super erratic and and unnatural and if i'm talking to somebody and trying to tell them hey you should listen to your son he knows what he's talking about and the person goes well i think you're wrong up come up all the options right and there are 
six little slots that I need to fill up in order to succeed this whole persuasion. I could go for the one. I have three tries, by the way. Yeah, six, you'll see the six blank slots at the bottom, the number three for tries, and then your choices that have. Your choices would be plus one, which is like the easiest one possible. It's only going to fill in one of those six slots, but you do the one and you're kind of like almost guaranteed to nail that one. And then the if you want to go for the six pointer and just do it in one try, that's going to be really, really rare. But you don't know percentages. You don't really know exactly what you're working with. You just know that, oh, that one's red, so that one's tougher. And I, I wish it was, it's really just as simple as putting a percentage on it. What are the odds that I'll get this, this red roll and just do it in one try, right? Sometimes you go for the red, boom, you failed it. So you have no slots filled in. You have two more tries to do it. You could go for that again, or you could go for the three-point answer, which might be medium difficulty, but I still don't know what my odds are. And then plus, going through those conversations, the person's like, well, I think you're wrong. And then you tell them, maybe we can compromise. And you go, huh, maybe you are right about compromising. I guess we could talk. And you fuck up another skill check, and they're like, well, turns out you were wrong. Cause, and, and it just feels really back and forth, and it, it ebbs I, and flows in a very unnatural way. I wish way. it flowed as well as you're talking about. Because for me, like it, it is legitimately a random of, you want to do this thing, right? Oh, yeah, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, real, you do want to do this thing. Yeah, I do. I guess, I guess we'll do this. And it's like, it feels so unnatural to the point of taking me way out the game. Fuck off, get out of like, my house. <laughs> there, was one, there was one mission where like, I am trying to uh, convince this lady who, this, this <laughs> lady's whole job is to protect this, this thing. <laughs> yeah, like she's protecting, it's a trophy. She's protecting this trophy. It's a very viable trophy. Her whole thing is she puts this thing in lockup so that nobody else can, can get it. And I'm there to steal the trophy. And so I get there and it's like, you know, I try to do it. Uh, I try to do it. I try to get in there. I couldn't do it. And I come back and I talk to her. And the thing says persuade. And so I go into the persuasion check. And like, I'm like, hey, I need the key for the for the trophy. And then it starts right. And she's like, well, why would I give you the key for the trophy? And it's like, it's an, an option is like, oh, you really want to give me the key? And she's like, I guess. Yeah, keep talking. Keep talking. It's so stupid. It's yeah. so I, I, I the droids you're it's, looking for. It legitimately, no, that's one thousand percent what it feels like. It feels like Jedi mind tricks and. My, for me, it took me out of even the ending of the game because my game ended on maybe the worst persuasion check I've ever experienced in my life. Where like, did you succeed? I I succeeded it. Yeah, me too. And it's like, really? Like that's what we're doing. That's what we're ending this game on. <laughs> and I've never had a game ending take me out so bad from a persuasion check like that before. Um, to pay a compliment to the game because I feel like I'm being negative. I do love the shooting. I know this is yeah. something that's probably going to be case by case. What, what, keyboard What did you mean? What What was your weapon of choice? Uh, Just class. I mean. I did well. I did like a lot of pistols. Yeah, so me all, too. Was, pistols was, feel so fucking pop, 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 pop. Pistols <laughs> feel fantastic. I'm a space scoundrel, and so that's kind of what my character is. There's an exotic pistol. I won't say the name because it's tied to a, a game spoiler, but that thing freaking wrecks. Yeah, like I was just by the end game, I'm just one shot. Yeah, there's like this Boom. laser shotgun thing that I got that's fucking fire that I love using. I think it's the best shooting in a Bethesda game, and that's not a it's not a high bar to, to get, but I do think it feels it, it feels really. I good. enjoyed every combat encounter in yes. terms of shooting. Like I was like, yes, let's go. And when they would add more people in there, I would be like, all right, yes, I'm excited to run, shoot, and kill. Would now, love to look at those guns and learn how to modify them. Don't fucking know how to do that. I don't know. Like I, every time I go to the little gun modification thing, there's just a lot of shit that it shows me. I'm just like, I ah, oh, but you oh, didn't know how to do this and go I have, fine. I guess I have everything I need for that. Why mm. can't I? Oh, you have it, but you haven't gotten the skill out of the skill yeah. tree to do the thing to have the fun. I think tutorializing is like a big issue in this game as well. well. Like I, yeah. I wish the 
I, I'm so happy that I wanted to look into the ship modification on my own because I think I, I took one look and I was like, "Fuck no!" I, now I, I will I will take on what do they call them uh, like a PC off the rack. I'm like, I'm fine. I, don't now, need to I, I will say the ship modification super satisfying, very very cool, and that levels up as well. There are parts you can't always get from, and different sh vendors have different uh, ship parts, but. I will say keyboard and mouse has definitely made that experience a lot easier. Yeah. You're talking about specifically going in and moving going the, in, yeah. the ship like a model. Yeah, because you that, can upgrade weapons, which I found easy enough. And I yeah, sorry. picking that engine, hitting duplicate, hit the Z button, and it flips it horizontally. Yep. Put it on the other side. Like I felt like I was working in 3ds Max or Photoshop. Like very, very cool. But, um, but that's ahead. why they call that an in, that's that's considered an in-game activity, and and it goes again to the point. There are people that are literally going to spend hundreds of hours. Just building ships. Yeah, that's all they're gonna and, do. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. Is like wanting to do missions to keep on doing the ship yeah. ship building. But yeah, shooting. Uh, I, I think this game is like so much fun to play on on keyboard mouse. Like the shooting feels great. The uh, jetpack boosting. I have this really cool Magnum that just like it's almost like Cassidy in Overwatch. Like his his big Magnum shot. It's really really dope. Um, there are a lot of neat little additions to all these weapons to make them acidic or to make them fire or yes. whatever that like all of there's a lot of cool modifications there and a lot of different weapons and i think it's super realistic and it makes sense for there to be a bajillion weapons and a bajillion types of ammo i just hate that there is a bajillion types of ammo you gotta write and see write it down there are write down what you're looking for every time you jump <laughs> that, i'm looking I, for 27 cal point 27 cal it, it makes sense to me right this universe is big there's a lot of different planets there's a lot of different gun manufacturers on each of these planets it wouldn't make sense to find that random gun in this other planet like it i get where they're going they're coming from it from a logic standpoint there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense in this game logic wise so i don't know why they're so true to their <laughs> word here but like I it, like I feel like I'm constantly out of ammo. I it's really tough for me to like go find the ammo and find somebody that sells the ammo that I want. Andy, it's a pain. Thousands, I had thousands Andy. of bullets. I was so happy. Andy, I, I know a guy. What? I know a guy. He knows a guy. I know a oh, guy. Oh shit, he I knows know a guy. guy. Got to go to a killer. But, but this actually just brings up, up uh, the whole point here. Again, just talking about the combat real quick. I thought the gunplay felt good, mm -hmm. but. The enemy AI, and I played on normal, by the way, and I didn't, I didn't mess with the harder difficulties. I just stayed on normal. I'm going to scale it up now. There's but I felt the, the enemy yeah, I AI. Say, I've never even, it never asks us, right? No, I never asked. Okay. You, <laughs> which is going to bring me to another point. But I felt the enemy AI was kind of all over the place. Sometimes I felt it was really good, and sometimes I felt, you're just standing there waiting for me to shoot you kind of, kind of thing. So, again, these are things that. I feel that. The overall theme of what, what we've been talking about when we talk you know the negative things where they can improve because part of the big problem that i have with the game in that sense is like i think the outpost the outpost is actually a great example of what i want to talk about so the very first outpost i built i built it on in, a, in an extreme environment extreme conditions and i go what the f and like I everybody took my, I, I, I took my time and i'm like <laughs> man this outpost is dope i, I did all this great stuff what, why is no one coming to my outpost? Why can't I get this going? What is going on? Turns out you needed to get, unlock that outpost skill. Yep. And then you can put outposts in extreme conditions. I was never told this. Actually, we were told this in review guide. I never read it. But I don't like review guides for that but, reason. But like, that's, a that's player the picks up the game. They Anybody don't know. that's watching this or listening to this does not have a review guide. They're just going to go play the game. The game does not do a good enough job explaining basic systems to you and how they work. 
research, crafting, things like that. I figured it out, but there's nothing telling me how to do it. There wasn't a mission specific, like there's an activity telling you to do it, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. And, and Sorry, my question about that, right? Because I want to stay in this. Is, yeah. This is again where I struggle with, they have a vision for this game, yes. clearly, right? And it's not like, like oh, maybe our, you know, we should make you, should we have a map? Oh, fuck, why don't we think of that? Or why don't yeah. we have a local map, right? Like, they want it to be that you know a guy. Yeah. Or did you go down this corner and do this? And they want things to be... So, for me, loving lockpicks, right? For me, having an ammo guy and having, doing, and building and playing a very specific way, I wonder so much about the way Andy's all in on building and modding the ship, right? If the people who are going to be... Like, I, I looked in and I was like, oh, man, like, I have this great suit of armor, or uh, space suit, I guess. And I was like... Oh, I went and looked, and I'm like, oh yeah, this could give me a, you know, what more ballistics or you know, block this and yada. And I went and clicked. I'm like, why not? I'm like, oh, I, I, oh, I'm short one thing. I went off and found that thing, and I came back hours later. Yeah. I was like, let's do it. It's like, eh, eh, why not? Oh, I need to level up. The, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's people who are gonna see that, and that will be their lock picking of like, oh, the game stops right now until I get this leveled yes. up and I get that thing. And it's like that definitely isn't my cup of tea. It definitely isn't what I wish they were doing. But I also don't feel. I never felt in this game, and again, the cards, mileage will vary, all this stuff, it's a random deck deal. Playing on normal, like, I thought, I, it very much felt like a story game, because it was, I wasn't being challenged, I'm, I was at times level 13, and I would run into level 34 dudes, and I'd kill them no problem, I was like, I don't get where the leveling's happening, yeah. it, so like, it was this thing of, I don't. I didn't feel the need to go and have the best suit of armor or whatever. I also found a bunch of cool armors and whatever. Just wanted to look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it was like I don't. There's. I think there's going to be a gamer that wants that, who wants to have the best thing and have all the perks and all the thing, and that's that's what we'll do, and that'll be their thing. But they won't outpost maybe, or maybe they will, or what. I don't. There's so much going on here to choose your own adventure again. The buffet analogy that it's like so, so many choices. I'm like, is it is it bad or is it specific? Yeah. Is and that, it's just not what I would have done. It's a tough thing where I've had I've I've had the same experiences of wanting to try an outpost or wanting to look into the workbenches and not having the resources available. And I like immediately best, turn off. It's an, it's an immediate turn off in the <laughs> thing I think about directly. And I like, again, I don't know if this is a takeaway from Starfield or this is more of so this is what Starfield wants to be is I think about Zelda tears of the kingdom. And I, uh, I think it might've been Imran or somebody who's tweeting about how good the harmony is in the game between you exploring caves on the surface and finding bright bloom seeds that, that are going to help you in the underground. And when you're exploring the underground, you might find some zonite that's going to help you level up your battery. And like when you're flying in the air, you might find a thing that's going to help you on your ground. Like whenever you're doing one thing, you're helping out another system in the game. And as I'm playing Starfield, Starfield doesn't really have that between its disparate systems. And so its systems feel so disparate. And I think they kind of want it to be so that people can really pick a lane. But if you're somebody who's coming in, you're like, I just want to play Starfield for the story and just experience the game the same way I experienced Skyrim or Fallout. I think you're not going to have as great of a time because no, you're not, you're not, I'm like, not. I look, you look at one thing, you're like, well, I don't have any of this shit to help out building a base or doing this or doing this. So I'm just not because I wasn't it. playing No Man's Sky. Like yeah. I wasn't going to random planets and oh, this planet has beryllium. Let me let me go find like. The, that's a completely yeah. different when place I, when style. I try to cook yeah. and it said do you have any calcium I'm like why the fuck would I have calcium <laughs> <laughs> I'm a space pirate so I, I want to jump in on that uh you bring it up tears of the kingdom the the conversation y'all are having about the the lack of tutorialization in this game uh the amount of things you can do that seems to need a lot of different resources and all of this all of you have played this game in a reviewer sense like Back to back, just hours binging yeah. all that stuff. Do you think that by design, this has been kind of made to be a Tears of the Kingdom esque community experience of mm. people being like, how, how do you lockpick? Oh, 
I know a guy in real life. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. And like, if so, or if not, like, is that the right decision for this? But see, what you bring up is actually a great point that I did not think of until you just said it. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe that is the point. Maybe it is to get us to kind of collaborate together, but not everyone's going to do that. In, in, in it this, makes me wish there was like an Elden Ring like yeah. message system because Elden yeah. Ring kind of does the same thing, right? Where it's like you, these games kind of expect you to talk to other people and have that social experience, but because of that, they have systems built in that help you mm. talk to people. And so here's, uh, I agree with everything. This is such a fascinating take. I would say again, and this will sound preposterous, as this is an Xbox published game. I would say this is a game by Bethesda for Bethesda fans. And I do think Bethesda fans are the type to go on the message board, do the thing, do, you know what I mean? Like when they put out that direct and all the devs were up there just talking about the nerdiest shit possible that they were all excited for, we all got excited about different things there. And I do think that again, like Fallout and Skyrim have found such enormous success that you do forget that they are clunky, nerdy ass RPGs. And this is a clunky, nerdy ass RPG that... I can't wait to get back to even and and, and learn. I I know I am eventually going to build an outpost in a playthrough. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I oh, know whatever. Yeah. I can already picture. Here are the five best places to find calcium on yeah. the planet. <laughs> like, Please send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to eat. Hey, but blessing. Yeah. We listen to the review. And here are the five things you need to go get. <laughs> but here's the problem about what Greg just said. I don't disagree. The the heart the most hardcore Bethesda fans are going to just devour this. Mm-hmm. They're going to love it. But let's just talk in the real world here. This has been marketed and pitched as basically the big game for Xbox. This is the generational game for Xbox mm-hmm. that we're getting right now, right? This is going to sit alongside Halo and Gears as examples, right? But what you just described is not going to be for the general audience. And I'm not saying that Bethesda needed to dumb down the game and simplify it. I, I love this. I just think there needs to be more early on explanations of how certain things work to get more people willing to try it. Examples of that at, 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 um, Andy's talked about and that Blessing's talked about, there are things there that if it doesn't seem easy enough to get started on, I'm just going to give up and not do it. I think that could be the experience on certain things for a lot of people. I think the stuff with the shipbuilding, again, it's considered an in-game activity, but people are going to try it early on. Ooh, this seems too intimidating. I'm not doing that shit. Well, I'm not building any ships. I'm not doing outposts. What do you mean I got to collect all these resources? Like, th- like there's a mission, just, mm-hmm. and it's not a spoiler. There's a mission that is basically the plot of Wally. Wow. And you got to get a lot of resources to be able to complete this. I ain't going to lie. The first time I saw it, I was like, man, F this. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Peace out, Wally. <laughs> but I came back to it and did it. But, but there's going to be some people Wally but floating what, out there in space on my Stick crewmate. with me on this, right? <laughs> stick with me on this. Is that, you know, you said, I'm not saying they need to dumb down and simplify this. Yeah. My argument would be that they did, and this is it. And, I, and what I mean is that I think this is a mass market appeal Bethesda RPG that you could drop in and you could just chase the main mission. And you would be, I think... It, you would be disappointed, but here's yeah. my here's my yeah. point. Yeah. Here's my point mm-hmm. is that I honestly feel like it's kind of the frog in the water yeah. on the stove. 
Where I think as you were doing that, you would inevitably be like, well, what's that? Wait a second. Yeah, you'd get pulled into some kind of nerdier system that would then make you go, yeah. okay. Because like when I jumped in with my first ship and went into ship building, moving stuff around, I was like, no, I'm never going to do this. And I left. But later on, it was when I was like, man, I am not killing things fast enough when I need to. Went back and like, oh, well, here's where I can just upgrade. This is simple, right? Like, okay, the research, the first time I jumped in and it's just ui everywhere and like there's levels and shit i'm like i'm good but then i eventually came back and did the one thing i want yeah. like there's those things that are breadcrumbs i think that'll get people off that main trail to get in there and do it now will they become bethesda fans will they be get, you know oh my god this is the best rpg ever played kind of thing I, mileage will vary exactly. but i think this is yeah. the, i think this is the if this is their best chance to have a Bethesda thing be, yo, this is as mainstream and as welcoming as we can be. We get you in the fucking ship as fast as possible, go into space. But this is where I also will say where you didn't think they would do something with the inventory system as an example. Yeah. And Bless saying this is a three out of five after basically a 30 plus hour experience, basically mainlining the game. I think for people that just go in, I'm just going to mainline the story in you know, 25, 30 hours, I'm done. Yeah. This is a three out of five game. Sure. I, I did play 40 hours. I no, 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 I, I agree, but it just as an example. I think to truly... Bless like, I don't need all the Xbox fans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, did, I didn't just mainline it. Typical PlayStation guy, just mainline it. <laughs> I played with that game before. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my point on that is, if you're not willing to invest the time into a lot of the other activities outside of the main story, it's not. I don't think this game feels satisfying to you. I don't. I think, like I said, when I'm getting into hour 40, hour 50, and I'm doing like the Crimson Fleet stuff and all that. I'm like, God, you know, mm -hmm. holy, yeah, I, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I, every time I would go to a planet, and, and actually let me just bring this up because I, I did want to talk about uh, at least one point of what really made me fall in love with the game. I just went to a random planet, random planet. See a ship off in the distance. Mm, okay, I'm gonna go over to the ship. I go there, there's a few other astronauts going around, they're not enemies, so they're just NPCs doing their thing. I go up to their ship, and the door's locked, expert lock. I got the perk. I'm going to unlock this thing. Yeah. Got, you know, pulled out my slide rule, figured it out. Got in. I got to the cockpit. Holy shit, I can sit down in the cockpit and take it. I took their ship, stranded them on that freaking planet, and dipped. I go, I freaking love this. I love that I could do that. Yep. I love that I invested the time in the lock picking to be able to have the experience where I just stole this ship from these guys for like no reason. I'm just being an a-hole. The amount of turrets and robots I've turned on their owners. Yes. You know what I mean? You, yes. you, you get around, you get yeah. to this thing, you hack the system, boom. Yeah. 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 See, I, and I, coming into this from what you're talking about, Paris, and what Greg's talking about, I kind of view it as the opposite of what you're talking about, Greg, where I think this might be the nerdiest uh, Bethesda game. I think when you're talking about mass appeal and you're talking about something that's made for a wide audience to get into, I look at something like Skyrim and Elder Scrolls. You know, and Skyrim, I mean, we know how much Skyrim sold, of right? But that's also a more traditional open world RPG where you look at a direction and you see a mountain and you go, can I go there? And then you go to that mountain, right? That's very literally what, what Skyrim is. Less what, about sandbox as well. Yeah, yeah, it's less about sandbox. Whereas Starfield, I think one of the reasons why I'm turned off from it, right? It's like not the main reason. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of other stuff too. But like, yeah, it is a, but that's the game that, it's probably the dream Bethesda game, right? It's probably the dream Todd Howard game. Let's make a game that lets you define your own adventure. And we've yes. seen so many different mm -hmm. takes on that, but this is what this is. And I think that is going to make people choose how they want to play this game. And that's the thing that's not as mainstream of a choice. That's the thing that's not as natural of a choice for people playing games. Um, I think once we get into the next 
And I, I, for Starfield, I think that's going to make the reception very interesting in terms of the amount of people that pick it up, fall in love with it, and then, then the opposite amount of people that pick it up and fucking hate it. Once we get to the next Elder Scrolls, I think we're back to business in terms of, all right, here's your mass market, easy for anybody to get into, get into game. I think this is this is nerdy, but that's as I look at it. I mean, let me tell you the most nerdy nerdiest I felt in a while, right? And like, that's saying something. That is saying something. <laughs> you, you seen know? his anime pop Holy collection? Shit. <laughs> I uh, last night I, I'm 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 in my ship and I'm kind of getting you know again I had just finished customizing I'm like super stoked with how this shit looks and I'm I'm playing on keyboard mouse and the way flying in this game works it's not just Rogue Squadron or or, or Star Fox it is more akin to uh, the way Star Trek Fleet, uh, the Starfleet Command, the VR mm -hmm. game that we played, or a lot of other Star Trek games in the past where you have a certain amount of cells of power and you have to divert them to missiles, to ballistics, to shields, to engine, and you're constantly switching back and forth in this battle. Oh, maybe my shields are down. I need to pull some away from... And the way to do it, right? We're using the WASDAs, right? The WASD... <laughs> or the Aswad, uh, what Kevin Koala calls it. And I could hold, <laughs> if I wanted to switch between uh, my missiles and or go to my ballistics or go to my lasers, I could hold the alt button and do left and right, but I could use my right hand to hit the arrow keys. And I feel like a fucking starch. I feel like Spike Spiegel. I feel like Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly because I'm in there and I'm like keyboard mouse taking out these dudes, taking out their shields. And I'm like, oh, my missiles are down. Beep, boop, beep, boop. And like, I feel that though. It I have feels the exact fucking experience. cool, it's dude. Very cool, even on controller. Those, these fights are the only times I press like this button <laughs> on my mouse. Dude, I didn't know this button existed. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, it's like. The uh, I'm sure a lot of people in the comments will be like, "Oh, Andy, you got to play uh, Steel Battalion." I'm I'm thinking of all these other uh, the, armored uh, course, Star Citizen, or the other sort of like space flight simulators, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, yeah. this one for me is like the 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 one that has nailed it for me. The one that has nailed space flight, and the one that I am not dreading space flight. Like I'll never forget when we first thought we were going to be able to fly ships in Destiny, like way back in the day. Mm. I remember. And how much I was looking forward to that. And then it came out and it didn't happen. I was like, ah, oh, dang it. And then I ended up playing some space flight game later. I was like, I don't think I like space flying. Like in Rogue Squadron, it was cool shit because I was a kid and I didn't, you know, that's all we had, right? But I eventually lost my love for wanting that as a genre. And this is like just brought back all of those feelings. And like, and again, I, I need somebody to control my lasers. And I go find some dude in a bar who is a laser specialist. And he's just this dude who looks like he's been divorced four times. And it's like, get on my ship, bro. Let's fucking fly. And like, <laughs> it is so cool, dude. It is like that role play that I've been looking for. So I, I know this is the review of Starfield. Obviously, we're going to be talking about this game a lot in the coming months. There's going to be a, many discussions that need to be had that we've started already about a year ago. Speaking of, don't forget the X cast uh, FAQ that they're doing. You're watching right now, hopefully, uh, when this posted on Thursday. We're recording that this afternoon. So as you read reviews, as you watch this review, as you have questions, write them into kindoffunny.com slash XCast. So yep. they can answer. And in addition to this review on Gamescast, the Xcast, uh, your questions answered. We're also starting Snowbike Mike's first ever playthrough of Starfield on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, Thursday, August 31st, September 1st. 
How many days? Is 31st. It? No, August, 30, August 31st. I always forget. 9 a.m. You know? So the, when this review went up, if you're watching on Thursday, right now on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, Mike should be streaming. And he's streaming as long as you want it. And uh, what's really special about this is, you know, Mike is, is our Xbox guy, host of Xcast. He uh, is a big Bethesda guy. He's a big streamer. Combining all those things into his very, very, very first experience. The reason he wasn't on this review, even hosting, is he didn't want to be biased at all from all of it. So he just wants to go he wants in the experience with, with you, the chat. Yeah. So I think it's going to be uh, really fun. But we're going to have conversations about is this what it needed to be for Xbox, like blah, 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 all of that stuff. Well, another conversation we're going to have is game of the year. And uh, is this, Andy? A contender. Will this be on top your 10. top 10 at the end of the year? I want to go around, but I want to start with Paris. Is this your game of the year so far? And if not, is it in your top 10? It's in my top 10. I am not ready to say it's my game of the year. Greg. Uh, I, I, I'm still so... I, I, I would imagine it, has, it, will be, it, has, it will be in my top 10, I would imagine, yes. I do not think it'll be my game of the year, but I'm still very much like so fresh off of it, but still so in it. Like, I'm still so in it. Like, do you, like uh, as we p- talk about it, all I want to do is go play more. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what uh, I, I've had Raj bring this in. Andy, you go. Um, no, no, no. Before you go, Andy, because I feel like you're the one I'm most interested in. Because, bless, I feel like it's easy to say this will not be in your top 10. This well, I, I think it's actually deeper than that. Oh. I, it was, it's definitely not going to be my number okay. one. It's not going to be close to my number one. But there is, a, what, a year ago, I reviewed Sonic Frontiers. And I, in my review for that, I let off saying that this is a 3 out of 5 game that I love, like a 5 out of 5 game. For me, Starfield is a 3 out of 5 game that sometimes I don't like, like a 2 out of 5 games. But then sometimes I do like, like a 4 out of 5 game, right? Like, it ebbs and flows. And to some extent, I'm with Greg of, if I keep coming back to it, I'm still, deep down, I'm still a Bethesda person. Like, I really like that type of game. I think there are so many aspects to Bethesda games that are really fun and really cool and there's a scope here that reminds me of the scope of Fallout that reminds me of the scope of Skyrim but even beyond that so I could see it being maybe sneaking in in my my number nine or number ten spot but I wouldn't hold my breath for it but like I think it's I think there's a possibility there so the reason I'm most excited to hear what you have to say, Eddie, is you seem really high on this. You seem like you want to get right back to it. There's also been a very big year for all of us in video games. Video games have just been great. But I feel like you in particular, there's been a couple like major standouts, new genres, new like concepts even of like, oh, man, there's been a lot of games that I feel like right now your top 10's already filled out potentially. Uh, so it's really, it's really interesting because I've never been a big Bethesda fan. I put about 20 or 30 hours into Skyrim and I like I had fun but it was nothing like groundbreaking for me Fallout was always too ugly like I just like I hate this color palette Brown. I hate this lighting like this is one of the ugliest games I've ever seen right um How dare you. and but I was also <laughs> the Bioware RPG player like mm. the, that's where I sunk my mm. dozens and dozens mm. and hundreds of hours into and when early word started spreading about everybody's feelings in this studio about Starfield and how like yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it may just be an okay game. I was like, fuck yeah, I can skip this, dude. Because, like, generally haven't really been into Bethesda games in the past, and why would I, you know, get into this one when there's a lot of other things to play? Especially, like, right now, where I still want to get back to Baldur's Gate 3 and Armored Core 6. And I, about five hours in, I'm like, yeah, maybe it is just an okay game, and maybe I will end up skipping it and uh, and eventually passing on this. And also, I felt very, very glad that I was gone when it did come out, so I wasn't giving the responsibility to, like, Andy, we need you to beat this, you know? Like, I'm glad that I was on yeah, vacation yeah, yeah. while this happened, 
because I feel like I've been able to experience it at, at my own pace and kind of, you know, get the hang of it. And um, all that is a very, very long way to say that um, this was a very, very unexpected game for me. Like I, on the previews, I thought it looked amazing. But after what everybody was saying, I was like, oh, maybe I'm not into it. I think there's a good chance that this does sneak in to the top 10, possibly even top five if I continue to go down the route that I'm going and kind of finding the love and finding my own fun in it, you know? I love it. So this has been the kind of fun. Hold on, hold on. I ran off you. to get this. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. so you asked, like, I, I hit up Upspec Gaming and asked them to send me the X screen, which is the one you attach to the Xbox S, so that I can more comfortably play it, both on the couch with Jen, and then I can also take it to Canada when we go on our trip, because that's, like, how much I want to keep playing Starfield. There we go. So I want to end this review. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Starfield for a very long time here because it's going to be a ton of content. Also, um, Raj and Bless and uh, everybody here has been working really hard on uh, TikToks and stuff as well. So make sure you follow us on uh, Kind of Funny Games on TikTok. There's going to be a whole bunch of Starfield content coming out that's really, really cool. Some of it really funny. Some of it informative. It's a little bit of everything here. Yeah. Um, our first hour, remember, is up. We have a first hour where we all recorded. Our, we made our characters and then recorded our first hour. Raj cut that up into one big video that's going up. I forgot. This may be game of the year because they have mustaches and beards disconnected. Huge. For <laughs> Finally. Me. Huge. Finally. Like, when I, I, this is all recorded on where I'm like, I'm going through the, I'm like, all right, here it is. This is like the moment of truth for everybody. And I'm lose, starting to lose faith in it as the beards start getting. I was like, oh man, they're just going to get bushier and bushier. Boom, it pops up. I, I fucking lost my shit, dude. <laughs> I love that for you so much. Um, ton of great content. The thing Greg's talking about, I think, is really, really cool. Roger works so hard on this of editing together. Uh, whose is it? it? It's Greg, Blessing, Barrett, Barrett, Barrett and just the, those three. Yeah. Their first hour all edited into one hour video. So it's like you get a, a whole bunch of uh, different takes on like what if you'd made this choice and it really, really cool stuff. So youtube.com I kill a lot of people <laughs> it's gonna be great but i want to end this episode with you paris any final thoughts on starfield you know it's it's been quite the journey over the past couple of years with starfield just the anticipation obviously the delays everything the direct we had a few months ago we got todd howard to come on xcast and talk about the game and to have spent the past couple of weeks extensively with the game um i just feel is well worth my time and i would say to anyone out there watching or listening you'll go buy an Xbox to play this game. There you go. Let us know in the comments below how excited you are for Starfield. A lot of y'all are going to be able to play it uh, probably by the time you're watching this, right? Like the, the early access. That's Is it September 1st, yeah. right? But I yeah. think internationally it starts rolling out weird. Crazy times for everybody. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>